Um, for those of you who are new with us or first-time visitors, um, we are in a series on the Gospel of Matthew, and um, today we're in Matthew chapter 10. So if you have Bibles or phones or iPads or whatever, or memories, um, reference Matthew chapter 10. That Memories, that was a joke, but maybe some of you do know Matthew chapter 10. Um, I want to encourage you today, I hope this is an every week obvious thing, but I know it's not necessarily. Bring your life to this exploration of, of the gospel. Um, trusting that where you're at is a place that God's with you. Um, and let's bring our life as a body um, to this teaching as well. Um, this video has been shown a couple of times in our study of um, Matthew. And Aaron brought it to us the first time. And um, we used this, this video of this dance to try to understand how some of the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount might be understood. That, that in the teaching on the Sermon on the Mount and really throughout Matthew, there's these invitations to be about a certain way of life. Um, that when worked together can create this amazing dance, if you will. And so when Jesus invites us not to worry, that we'd be a people that are slow to worry, that when Jesus invites us to forgive, we'd be a people who forgive. Um, when Jesus says that blessed or welcome are those who are poor in spirit, who are mourning, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, that as these ways of life come together, this beautiful... Those are all amens. Every time um, <laughs> Tiago said something, what he's saying is preach. Um, so you can join him. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, but that what it can emerge is this, this beautiful, beautiful dance. I got to thinking about that because today is Trinity Sunday. Today is the Sunday in the church calendar where we stop as a church and we take a step back from our, some of our autopilots in terms of understanding who God is. And we remember this essential core understanding of God that took really centuries to develop that God somehow is best known as the Trinity, as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about this as a body before, but just as a, as a reminder, one of the most helpful ways of describing who God is um, was a word that, that meant like mingle or rub shoulders or dance. That God in God's very nature um, can be understood as the one who orchestrates this divine dance throughout the world. 
And it helps us understand even some of the stuff we've been talking about in Matthew, that part of that dance is that we forgive and that we not worry and we trust. That the poor in spirit are welcome and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are blessed. That this dance emerges, but it's not just because we do it. It's because of the very nature of who God is. We're invited into this movement. So we've watched this video. I got a, a short video that, that I like to show you. I actually showed this, the first version of this video years ago. Um, and then the one who created it made some changes that I think are really great. So this is loosely related, highly entertaining. Um, but think about your life. Think about the confession that God is Trinity, is a divine dance, active in your life. Maybe this image, thank you, maybe this image um, can be playfully and fun and helpful. And we're going to talk about that dance a little bit from Matthew chapter 10.
you haven't seen the 2008 version of uh, that video, you should watch it. Um, that version is the same guy doing one dance, and he just kind of goes around the world teaching people to do that dance. And the second time around, if you maybe noticed, um, he, he wanted to open himself up a little bit and went to all these places and tried to learn some of the moves and some of the dances of, of where he was at. Um, I also love in this video that there's him in all these different places in the world, which can kind of get us excited, right? And get us like, oh yeah, let's go to, you know, this place or the Great Reef or, you know, um, that place or wherever. Um, and then it ends in this very boring, not boring, wonderful domestic um, scene. Um, and I want, I, I want us to, again, bring our life to the doctrine, if you will, of the Trinity. Um, that there's a dance of God's faithfulness at play in the world. And that wherever you're at, um, that dance is going on. And you're invited into it. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians is kind of our best scripture passage uh, when it comes to understanding the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, now, there are varieties of gifts, and, and intentionally, this passage is dancing um, as you read it. Um, it's just one of the high-tech uh, things I'm doing these days. Um, now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Um, I, I, I read that scripture to kind of start us because it's the most kind of clear um, reference to this understanding of God. Um, that, we're, that we're remembering in the church calendar today. Um, and I want us to have that imagination as we go into Matthew chapter 10. Um, one of the great things about dancing, it seems to me, I'm not a great dancer, some of you know this about me. Um, some of you are amazing dancers. Um, some of you are with me. Um, but... A good dance flows and seems effortless and seems almost unrehearsed. But you know that underneath it are steps that have been practiced. Um, there are rumors that one of the best dancers among us, Gabe Cabrera, spent hours watching Michael Jackson videos um, to get to this amazing level um, that he's at. It's one of the amazing things about, about dances. And so I, I think there's some steps or moves to this dance that is God that we're talking about that are, that are they're evident in our passage, but they're, they're evident throughout Scripture maybe even more clearly. Um, the first is that the Father moves to the world through the Son in the Spirit. 
that the first move of this dance that we remember is that God comes to us through Jesus. And so when we do prayers of the people, we pray because God has come. It's a response to the fact that God has come in Jesus of Nazareth in his whole story. And that's the first move of this dance. The second move is that we are gathered in the Spirit through the Son and return to God the Father. That there is a movement that God comes to us in this very particular person, Jesus of Nazareth, and that in that movement, God gathers us together and brings us to God. Today, we're going to focus most of our time on the third move, but I think, and that's just because Matthew's there, pastorally, I think as a body, we need to remember these first two moves. That God comes to you and is with you. And that God has given us gifts as a body, as individuals, as households, and that God is gathering us together and bringing us to God's presence. And we can't really even get to the last one until we really just sit and enjoy and, and live into those first two Two steps. Our passage starts in Matthew 10. It says, Jesus, boom, God comes to us. Move one. Jesus, answer, right? Good answer in the church. Um, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples or apostles, sent ones, gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out, to cure every disease and every sickness. And these are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter. Doesn't get it. Denied Jesus. Good start. Um, his brother, Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. Didn't get it. When Jesus was approaching the cross, they were the ones that said, Hey, put us at the right hand and the left hand when you're in your glory. Like, we'll be your, you know, what's the word? Your co-pilots or your, uh, oh, there's another word, a flight, flight image, your wingman, right? Yeah, thank you. Um, put us in the place of power. Didn't get it. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew the tax collector we learned about a few weeks ago, the one invited into forgiveness the one invited into newness, to stand up to God's coming. James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanian, or the zealot. Don't know if he's a religious zealot or a political zealot, but no matter what kind of zealot he is, he doesn't fit with Matthew, the tax collector. Not in the same kind of work. <laughs> Judas. The one who betrays Jesus. This is a motley crew. God comes to us and gathers us 
a motley crew, people that make no sense that they're together, that who have different agendas on the way the world works. And somehow in this dance, they're brought together to follow Christ into God's future. And there's a variety of gifts and variety of services and variety of activities and that each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. That's what we're focusing on today at the rest of this passage, that we are gathered in such a way that we too are sent to the world. I think the common good language is important to remember. Um, there's all kinds of potential pitfalls that, that people are increasingly aware of when it comes to understanding ourselves as sent to the world. But I think our passage can really give us some good stuff in terms of what does that look like to dance this dance? What does that look like to be, for God to reach out to us, to gather us, and then to send us to the world in the same way that God sent Jesus. So what I want to do is I'm going to read the rest of this passage. I want you to listen to it. Um, and I just want you to see what stands out to you when you think about, really? I'm sent? I'm supposed to read this like an apostle, a sent one? It's the only time the word apostle appears in Matthew. Disciples all over. Um, see what catches your attention about the nature of this third move. Um, about right where you're at in your life, in our life, being sent. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles. Enter no town of the Samaritans but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Remember, so that we don't get hung up on this, we've already heard stories of the Gentiles knowing who Jesus is. We are largely a group of Gentiles. Um, so this is not an exclusionary or exclusivist passage. It's a, it's a, a particular one. As you go... Proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. <coughs> if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust 
from your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. Turn to one another and just share what catches your attention in this passage. What strikes you? What might this have to say to us about a move of God as people who are sent? Go for it. All right, let's hear uh, let's hear what caught our attention. What what in this passage um, might be helpful as we consider what it means to be a people engaged by God through Christ, gathered by God, um, and then sent um, 
as God's people. What stood out to you? What caught your attention? Um, or or one, of your, one of your friends that you thought was interesting? Jason. Uh, Aaron was talking about the, the, the power that they are given, mm-hmm. but the utter dependence they have on the people that they're going to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not charity that they're bringing to other people, but it's almost like this mutual sharing mm-hmm. of gifts. Yeah. The people receiving are giving the gift of hospitality, and the people who are coming are giving the gift of healing and, and goodness. Yeah, amen. Thanks. That, that's a good point. It's one more paradox. It's what? It's one more paradox. Yeah. You know, they're not walking around with gold, you know, around you know, their power is the new service and their message. So. Yeah. That, that's, that's a pretty important Yeah, thanks. Travel light, right? Um, don't take two tunics. You do get one, it sounds like. Um, but yeah, travel light. What else? That, that's something that struck me that I was sharing. Is it, it just speaks of like provision. Right? Provision will be taken care of. Don't worry about it. But sharing in the way that we live, it almost feels like everything we do is to provide for ourselves, whether it be retirement or kids' college funds or those things that we deem necessary. And so it's hard to fathom how those things intertwine and interact because we also want to not all go into poverty of sorts and those things are kind of necessary in today's culture to not dive into poverty head first. So it's a weird kind of tension of how to trust provision but I don't know, you use what you've been given as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Byron. Yeah, Adrian. It doesn't say how to decide if the house is worthy. Yeah. It just says to figure it out. I'm a little confused about that because what comes next is if, if they leave a piece on it, like you're good. And like if you don't, like the last verse is, well, God said that, well, Jesus said that, you know, like Simon and Gomorrah will have his name, like, it's going to be more tolerable than that place. Just this talking about a town, a specific area, mm-hmm. right? Like the message is going out. Um, and it's about, like, the people who are humble enough to receive that message and the people who do not have the humility to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that scares me because everyone lives in the same place. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess I'm reading it literally. Like, mm-hmm. what happens to uh, people who receive the message? You know, in the, in the Old Testament, like the people, the, the the Jews who painted the blood over the door for the Passover got protected. And I'm sure not every single one of them did. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it just makes me a little like, oh, how do you decide what happens to the entire town? That's, that's heavy. Mm-hmm. This stuff matters, right? There's a weight to it. The uh, hospitality is all over this in terms of the sent ones. My sense is that 
the ones that are worthy are the ones that offer hospitality, the ones that, are, that welcome in. Um, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, um, shake off the dust and leave that house. And even the, 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 the sin, if you will, of, of the story in the Old Testament about Sodom and Gomorrah, it was, a, it was a lack of hospitality, right? It was what people put Lot, his wife, their kids through by not welcoming them. And so, but it's not a, a brought hospitality like is mentioned in the back. It's a, an experienced, shared hospitality that's evident that may only be possible if you travel light, right? That's where Byron's tensions easily come into play. Others? I've got a couple more questions. I want to, yeah, Heather. Always have baggage around. Come on, no. Yeah. Because for me, growing up in a in the church, I've always sort of like associated descending with like our responsibility to go out. And so we were just talking about the difference between actually like physically leaving your community and then the like sort of state of being sent, like a state of being mm-hmm. as being sent in your local community. Yeah. And the disparity between those two, like how we were maybe taught through sort of a paternal like, gaze on other people mm-hmm. versus being at home, but also having that hospitality towards others, which we all can relate to, I, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How are you sent where you are, right? Um, turn to each other again. And when the kids come back in, just kind of welcome them into your group. You're going to tell a couple stories if you're open to it. Think about this dance, this movement. Do you recall a time when you seemed moved by the Holy Spirit to be about the work of Jesus in the world? And don't just say yes or no. Like, tell a little, tell a little story about that. Um, when, when would you say, I, I was about the work of, of Jesus in the world and, and, and was moved by the Holy Spirit toward that? How important do you think it is that God is not just a higher power, but is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Why does that matter? Um, and then, what things frighten you? There's danger in this passage that we read, right? There's fear. Even in Byron's good description of what we face, that there's fear loaded through that. Um, what things frighten you that greater openness to the Holy Spirit would bring you or could bring you liberation, <coughs> liberation from? And obviously just share to your comfort level on any of these questions. All right? Go for it. Sure. Um, Every Sunday we come, we get up out of our chairs um, after we hear about this meal and all are welcome to come to this table and we eat and we celebrate 
And then we are sent. We sing a benediction and we're sent um, as a church um, back to life. Um, And the reason we do all that every week is to remind us of who God is. That God that God through Jesus Christ in the Spirit has come to the world of which we are a part. This is my body broken for you. Jesus says. This week, I invite us to um, find some time on a walk, through quiet prayer, through listening to music, to just rest in the first step of this dance. That God has come to the world. Has come to you. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, this is the cup of the new covenant that is shed for you. In just a moment, I'm going to invite us to come forward to this table to help one another do it. Spend some time this week on a walk, in quiet prayer, listening to music, reflecting on, yeah, I am a gathered person. I have gifts to offer. My friends have gifts that I need to receive. Um, And that together we are brought to God's very presence. Um, Not just Sundays. This This is to remind us of the ongoing rhythm throughout our week. And then finally, um, in just a moment, we'll send one another. And I invite you to just allow the scriptures that we worked with today, this week, to just help you imagine what that looks like. um, To go and travel lightly. to experience and be open to hospitality um, and to be willing to name the presence of God um, in the different places that you find yourself. Not only willing to name, have the courage to name. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is at hand.